Welcome to the Hypnotic Healers Podcast, your home for insights and insider knowledge about hypnotic change work. With your hosts, control practitioners and hypnotists, Nicole Mazzucato and Anthony Gitch. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Hypnotic Healers. This is Anthony. Uh, today, Nicole and I are going to be talking about hypnothoughts, my experience at hypnothoughts. Um, and it really sucks because Nicole couldn't come. <laughs> Yes, unfortunately, due to the craziness of what we're living today, um, it, I didn't feel it was the right time to go ahead and book a flight across the pond and and all of that. But I wish I could have been there and I will definitely be there next year. So how was it? It was fantastic. I had so much fun. Um, you know, it's like I, I, I said in all of the posts, one of the biggest things for me was actually getting together with people that I have met there before and even at the NGH convention and give some gosh darn hugs. I haven't hugged anybody, so many people in, in, in a year and a half, you know, and I mean, I'm a hugger. And, and so it was a lot of fun. Um, there was great old friends and some amazing new friends and uh, amazing young hypnotists coming out there. And, and I'm really excited to be able to help them along their journey in any way that I can. And they all know that uh, the ones that I met had great folks in my presentations. Um, it was interactive. Uh, I think they had a lot of fun. Uh, I certainly got them up and got them moving. Um, so yeah, it was a blast. Nice to hear. Nice to hear. So you did, um, you did a couple of presentations. Why don't you, why don't you tell us a bit about the two presentations that you did? The first one, um, was one of actually, I think was, they were both great. Uh, the first one was called control and the Goldilocks protocol. And mm -hmm. it was going over what we call the QED, uh, portion of the control process and ended up, um, getting through the demonstration and everything fairly quickly. I had I happened to have had a great responder in the in the class. And and so I was just going to demo the the consultation. And we had about, I think, 16 minutes left in the presentation. It was a two hour presentation. And I, uh, I said, well, you know, do you want to go ahead and make a change um, since we got this so quickly? And she goes, yeah, sure. And I said, well, great. Well, what do you want to work on? Thinking, oh, didn't think about that question real well. Insomnia. <laughs> and I was like, okay, great. Um, and, and, and so it was, it turned out really well. We got it really taken care of quickly. Um, the next day I saw her and asked her, you know, our little resultometer thing, you know, on a scale mm. of zero to 10, where are you? She was a seven. Um, we were able to relate it to some issues that were going on with her knee. We, we wrapped all that up together, uh, did the work again, just like we do. Um, and, and then on Sunday, uh, checked with her again, sleeping really great. I've got to call her today. I told her I would call her yesterday, but I got too busy. Um, so yeah, it looked like that was very successful for her. She's very interested in possibly becoming a control practitioner. Um, Lovely. yeah, great gal. She's, uh, she's written a couple books. Um, she may one day actually be on here. Uh, Paula Amazing. is her name and yeah, she does, she does some good stuff. 
Nice. So ju- just for the just for our listeners who who are not practitioners, what why don't we talk a little bit about what a great responder actually is? Because some people may not be familiar with that term. Obviously, you know the the hypnotists and change workers among us probably are familiar with the term, but um, right. the the people that are in, interested in what hypnotic change work is about should should probably. Uh, be brought up to up to up to date on the lingo on the lingo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, in the control world, we'll, we'll talk about it from the control aspect of things. Um, we play imagination games with uh, clients to find out the best way to communicate, create a, you know that direct line of communication with your subconscious mind. And, and through those imagination games, we're able to determine what kind of a responder someone is. Particularly when we use it, we're talking about IMRs or idiomotor response. Um, and we use a lot of this idiomotor response work without trance. Most people use it in trance. We use it in a state called subconscious dominance instead. Um, and so at any rate, she was a really good responder. She, she responded quickly. Her, her movements were clear, um, they were big, and, mm. and they, were, they were very noticeable for the people in the class who were going, oh, oh. Um, and in fact, for her, when she was doing it, you know, even as a change work specialist who's worked with IMRs, none of them done it this way before, right? Yeah. And it's like I've told them, it's not that Tim has reinvented the wheel, and he's never mm. claimed to have done so. What he has done, and he's done remarkably well, is he's reshaped the spokes a little bit. And, and it's those reshaping of the spokes that has made this so much fun to play with. And, yeah. and, and it makes it so much fun for the clients. So yeah, yeah it was it was really enjoyable. Yeah. And also for, 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 um, for those listeners that aren't practitioners out there, when we're talking about a good responder things, you, you may have seen, um, people do something called man- magnetic hands or magnetic fingers or the yeah. bucket and balloon, things like that. These are what are more commonly referred to as suggestibility tests to find out how suggestible or receptive you are to suggestions. So a really kind of easy example would be that uh, somebody gets you to put your hands out in front of you. Imagine you've got a magnet on either hand, on either palm, and you imagine those magnets pulling your hands together. And the idea there is that, you know, that obviously there are no magnets there, but you, by imagining the force of the magnets, it's pulling your hands together. And the fast, well, as your hands become together, your subconscious mind is playing along, meaning that you are receptive and responsive to to suggestions suggestions such as those and it's a way of demonstrating if your mind can accept a suggestion as silly as something like magnets in in the palms of your hands then imagine what other suggestions you can you can accept your subconscious mind can accept to make changes um in towards a life that towards a life that you want right Um, of course creating that that the experience that you want to have. And I mean, it's, it's the, the basic premise there is, is that, you know, the mind doesn't know the difference between reality and non-reality, which is mm. why you can watch a movie and get lost in that movie and actually feel as if what is happening is happening. I mean, they don't really go out and shoot old yeller, but when you watch the movie and you read the book, you think that they shot old yeller um, and it makes you freaking cry. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's that emotional engagement, isn't it? Yeah. That's what. Yeah, that's the difference that the mind the mind doesn't differentiate between. You know, it's still it's an emotional engagement. So yeah, exactly. 
Um, and it's, it's a way of seeing if the person is going to be resistant to the treatment. So I know that I, <laughs> we've been talking about fails. <laughs> um, I know that I had a consultation and somebody came along to the consultation and in my, in my, I think, well, even before the consultation, I had an intuitive, you know, kind of scream going, this isn't going to work. And this, this isn't going to, you know, this isn't the right client for you for a number of reasons. I invited him along anyway to do the consultation. I knew in the consultation that this, you know, this wasn't the right client for me. There was so much resistance there. And as we went to do these imagination games, the, we were doing the magnetic hands and his hands did not move, not even waver, not even tremble, nothing. They just (laughs) stayed where they were. (laughs) And there there was nothing there, no movement. And that, my friends, is a bad responder or somebody who is refusing to respond. Yeah. Right. Right. And so that's it, right? Somebody who is refusing to play along in a sense. And in that case, depending on how you you work. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I'm going to show you, you're not going to sort of, I'm not going to let you kind of manipulate me in a sense. And that's a belief, right? The belief is that this person is going to manipulate me rather than come along with the idea that this person is here to help me. Um, so depending on how you work, I mean, I know some practitioners would have broken through that, but because I already knew this wasn't the right client for me, I said, look, you know, your hands aren't moving. There's a resistance there. You know, this is, this is the end of the consultation. And that was a good marker for me to, to be able to sort of say, you know, I'm not getting the response that I need in order to move forward. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm really blessed because, um, yeah, she was a great responder. And so it made the demonstration really good. And because, you know, I saw um, someone else who is somebody I, I highly respect, really, really good in the profession on the more psychological or, or, or doctor end of things. Um, mm. and, and, and they did some demos in their lecture and, and it was just one after the arm catalepsy fail eye catalepsy mm-hmm. fail. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm glad that did not, I, I'm glad I didn't experience that. But here's a really amazing thing. And we're, cause we're going to be talking about these failures. He pushed mm-hmm. through, he got exactly what he wanted in the end and was successful. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, because that makes never, me really pleased. <laughs> he never freaking acknowledged it. I mm-hmm. was sitting there and in my mind, I'm going, Ooh, mortified, ouch, right? Ouch. Um, and he's just, la, 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 and, da, 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 la, 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 and the arm would fall and he'd pick it back up and, and pull it again and he'd fall down. He's like, okay. And then he'd go on to the next thing. And I'm like, oh, okay, we're on. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're kind of watching that person as a hypnotist going, oh my God, I'm mortified for you, right? But right, and the he key paid zero <laughs> yes. acknowledgement to it and got everything that he wanted, did a wonderful presentation. Um, it was, it wasn't even, it was more of a thing for me. Yeah. Right? And I think, I think, because this guy's got a hell of a lot more experience than I do too. And mm. so, you know, it, he's been presenting and having probably stuff like that happen occasionally. And, and, and for me being the first time live at Hypno Thoughts doing these things, I really wanted to make sure that I was on my game you know, that I yeah. was prepared and that I was going to be able to deliver. And, and, and so, yeah, it would have been a little different for me, but I was very but relaxed I think, also. It's kind of strange. Um, I had a lot of yeah. fun. Yeah. 
But it's a, it's a great, isn't that just such a great example of, of you know, what we do? So I, I, so many people are afraid of maybe doing a presentation and it not going the way that they want it to, you know, especially when you're doing a demo with someone or with a group of people and it not going the way you want it to. But you, you have choices there. You can either freak out and just turn into a mess <laughs> or, <laughs> you, you know, or you keep or you going through it. you can the change artist that you are and exactly. pivot and can keep going. And keep going, keep going until you get what you need, you know, until right. you achieve what you need. And it may, you know, I was watching a Darren, Darren Brown um, video the other day and, and he just kind of reinforced this idea. And, you know, you need to show that you are confident. You know, the person needs to believe that you know what you're doing yeah. and, and needs to kind of see your confidence, especially if you're going to be a stage hypnotist or something like that. You oh, need boy. to be confident. People need to see that and know, hey, this guy is in control because if I'm, I'm, I'm going to allow my mind you know, to play along, I need to know that he's in control Yeah. or this, well, this girl is in control. I saw my second ever stage hypnosis show, um, mm. by somebody who's fairly well-known. Um, I'm not going to mention any names because I don't think that that's appropriate in this setting. Um, mm. mostly because like I said, it was only the second one I've ever seen in my life. And here I am a, a hip hypnotist, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I'm, I, and I'm going, I met a stage hypnotist from here in Seattle. Her name is Mary Ann. I'm going to be hanging out with her. In fact, I told her I was going to be her drag boy. Um, and for those of you who don't know what that is. So when I was 20, I was never a drag queen, but I love drag queens. I loved hanging out with them. They're just a blast. And I used to carry their shit around for them and be their little backup dancer. And so anyway, <laughs> I told Mary Ann, she does a lot of stage stuff here in the Pacific Northwest. And she does a lot of, uh, charities. And so I told her that anything you need from me anytime, I want to be there. I want to learn everything I can from you because I'll tell you what I saw there, I, I, I wouldn't go and see. It was, it was like th something from the seventies. It was misogynistic. It was sexist. It was, um, I, I thought it was like, oh my God, have we heard of me too? Um, have we heard that it's probably inappropriate to make fun of the way that Chinese people speak? Um, have we heard that it's probably inappropriate mm. to make fun of the token black person in the crowd um, and mm. use that kind of language? Have we understood that this isn't appropriate for today's, for just today's society? And, and yeah. so, you know, but here's the thing really good at what he does, really, really yeah. good at what he does. It was just for me. And there was a lot of people who enjoyed it. And there was a lot of aspects of it I enjoyed, but yeah. the, the humor was, was too outdated for me. Um, right. and, and so, uh, it was, it was an interesting, as far as the hypnotic piece goes, and he was very, very limited what he could do. He had no stage because they wouldn't let us go into the, the stadium because, mm. you know, the new restrictions set. I got there Thursday 11 p.m. Thursday evening, they put the new restrictions back in Vegas. And so we had to wear oh, a mask again and all this stuff. And they closed down the stage. So he had I, to I, I saw a photo of you in your sexy visor there, Anthony. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was looking good. Um, <laughs> but at any rate, so yeah, it was it was a good show. I'm not I'm not gonna just the humor wasn't my sense, my my sort of humor. Um, but you know, I yeah. like Little Britain USA and all that kind of shit. And there's a lot of people who are like, really, dude, that's just sick. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, well, you know, hey, we all have what we have. Um 
Yeah, but I think, yeah, that, that's a question of humour, isn't it? I mean, yeah. that's, there's yeah. all, yeah. Hypnotic-wise, it was awesome. It was just the humour. You know, I don't, yeah. and, and also as a gay man, I don't necessarily think it's humorous to see a woman in a skirt spreading her legs for someone in the front mm. row just because she thinks it's Tom Cruise. I don't find that humorous. Um, yeah. I don't want to see that. Um, not from yeah. any angle. Um <laughs> You yeah, yeah. I, mean? I think, you know, Tim, Tim said this in all of the trainings, hasn't he? You know, it's, it's okay to do silly things. It's not okay to make people feel silly. And right. that for me is, is a really good, yeah. Yeah. I was talking to my mum the other day and she was telling me that she, uh, I think maybe 20 years ago or more, she was at a birthday party and Paul McKenna was there back in his entertainment day. And I am a big Paul McKenna fan. Um, Paul McKenna's more recent work. I mean, he's done amazing, amazing work for the hypno, for the hypnotic chained world. Um, and he's, his more recent work is, I, I really, really love what he does and what he puts out there. But obviously back in his entertainment days, he made his fame and fortune by doing silly things and, and getting people on stage and doing all these silly things. And they were at a party and Paul McKenna was there and um, he was the entertainer. And he did his sort of hypnosis show. And my mom was just saying to me, she said, I was actually cringing at some of the things that, that, you know, some of the people were doing. He, she's, she just said, and I wasn't comfortable. I didn't feel comfortable watching my friends doing things that they would never normally do. Right. Right. Um, and, and I mean, and these weren't people that, and I mean, not everybody was doing, I, I let me, let me make sure that I, cause there's going to be people listening to this and thinking that I, I, I the show was enjoyable, right? I'm, I'm just saying that mm. there were some things that I just were, were a little outdated, I thought. Um, yeah. and, and, and so, but like I said, I, the, the part that I really thought was he, he, he passed a torch so to speak, did this kind of torch passing thing onto these, a new stage hypnotist. And it seemed to kind of, I mean, it would have been a big deal to me mm. um, coming from this particular person. It would have been a big deal, but this kid seemed to kind of, just kind of seemed to fly by the importance of what was being done. So I thought mm. that that was a little bit, um, uh, a little messed on. Cause I thought that that was nice. I thought that that was really cool that he was doing that actually. Um, mm. And, and, and it seemed a little m to kind of just go by the kid that right. was happening to other than that, you know, I mean, I had a great freaking time, like I said. Um, yeah. And the other presentation was about archetypes and ego states. And, yeah. And yeah. Which one, is your thing. Yeah. And that one brought in um, quite a few folks um had a blast got to talk about mm. the 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 child the victim the prostitute and the um saboteur and we got to talk about you know adding dimension to clients and understanding these archetypal energy patterns and and how they mm. play out with with the the behavior patterns that our clients have and and then mm. adding the ego state piece onto that and understanding where ego state therapy even comes from because a lot of people don't recognize that that actually comes from hypnotherapists who were looking for a better, faster way to kind of bring in CBT stuff. And I mm. mean, it's amazing that we don't even know some of the people in our most recent history in hypnosis, but that's where ego state therapy kind of comes from. So why don't you explain a little bit more about ego, ego states and archetypes? Well, I'll talk more about ego states. Um, and the ego state piece, you know, for those of you who really want 
some great information about it. There's an amazing book out there, I think, by Gordon Emerson, and it's called Ego State Therapy. And it covers kind of the history of, of Ego State Therapy and, and where it comes from and, and how it came about. And it's also got a very clear and concise understanding and explanation of how to use it in hypnotherapy, how to use it in trance. Um, and, and yeah, I would highly recommend it. Again, the name of it is, and I will have it in the footnotes, but Gordon Emerson's um, uh, Ego State Therapy. And you can get it on Amazon, I do believe. Um, at any rate, uh, that was a lot of fun to talk about. When when we when we work as control practitioners, we work with a um, kind of an idea of the captain and the crew, Yannickel, uh, where we're like, mm. you know, the captain is your logical conscious mind, the crew yeah. is your is your your subconscious mind, you know, and who's driving the ship, but the crew necessarily. I mean, they're the ones who's in control of everything, right? mostly. Um, and so ego state therapy is, I, I kind of pull it in to that aspect by just saying, you know, when I'm working with ego states, I'm working with different crew members. Um, yes. and, and what is it that this crew member needs? Why was this crew member? What is this crew member's job? And, and how can we make this job into something where it's going to be beneficial for the whole crew? And, and because once that happens, we're all smooth sailing. Yeah. Hmm. And, and so um, I really love ego state therapy. It's parts therapy is the exact same thing. And like hmm. I say, this is what I like about what Tim has done because he hasn't, you know, remade the wheel. He's just redone and, and reshaped some of the spar uh, spokes and, and, and whatnot to make it um, his own. And, yeah. and it's, it, it's funny. Somebody there mentioned that, you know, um, they don't like to teach other people stuff and the stuff that they do has got to be their own. And yeah, because they just don't feel right about that kind of stuff. And I'm like, huh, I really even feel honored to be able to teach Tim stuff because this mm. is really good stuff. I mean, it yeah. has ignited an, a, a, a relit, a passion in me for what I do because I have, you know, I've seen probably since I started doing control, I've seen more than hundred clients already. Um, yeah, just that work. And the change is irrefutable. I mean, yeah. it's right there. What is happening? And, yeah. and, and so, yeah, I'm very passionate about it. And I'm very proud that I can say, yeah, you're damn right. I teach control and I can't wait till we have, you know, we've only got six, seven practitioners here in the United States. I mm. want to see us everywhere. Because yeah. this needs to be everywhere. We need to be seeding our communities with happy, healthy people. And this is an extremely easy way to do so. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And at the, at the end of the day, you know, look, we, we tend to do multiple trainings, don't we, as, as change workers, and we've Absolutely. all trained in multiple different things. And, and it is very much about finding the stuff that you like and what works for you and what works for your clients and, and having a, having a toolkit that works for you. Um, and, and that you find effective and that you feel comfortable, right. As, as t I think, as Tim said before, you know, he stopped, he stopped doing the trance stuff because he didn't feel comfortable doing it anymore. Right. You know, and, and, and the, the, the control system, he feels comfortable doing it and he won't work another way. It's either control or nothing. And right. I respect that <laughs> other people. It's like, no, one of my tools is control. One of my tools is, is something else. And one of my tools is something else. And that's fine too. You know, having, having a kind of multi-tool box. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I, I want to do control, but if control isn't going to work, we may do something else. And it's probably going to be 
you know, in order to help you figure out what it is that you're looking for, we're probably going to do mindscaping, um, mm. which is a Mike Mandel uh, process, which is just absolutely awesome. Um, you know, we may do art gallery, we may do trance work, we may do, mm. there's, a, there's a plethora of things that are out there at, at my fingertips that I've gone and, and taking classes in. And, and it's like, you know, where do we want to play today? Which playground am I going to be in today? Yeah, I like that. It's which, which, yeah, which playground do we want to play in today? I like that. I really like that. I think that's a really nice way of putting it. Because at the end of the day, we're, we are, we're, we're playing in a sense, you know, I like, I like that, you know, the playground, which, which mind playground are we going to go to? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't make it seem so scary, right? (laughs) Well, you know, but, and, and is it? No, you know, I mean, when we approach it as, uh, as something that's wondrous, right. Mm. I want my clients, the people I work with, I want them to be ready and be kind of excited about the, the journey, the wondering, Mm. the, I, I, that wide eyed look as a child, right. Um, that innocence, I, I, I want them looking at what we do with that kind of wonderment, like a kid does when they're watching a magician, you yeah. know, just that, that wow, kind of, Ooh, this is fun. I don't know what's happening, but it doesn't yeah. matter because it's fun. Yeah. Um, and it, it's that childlike state, isn't it? You know, look at the end of the day, we build, we build our world as a child. That's when we're kind of building everything and putting all of our di- ideas and beliefs and conclusions together. And that's how, you know, that's when we're sort of deciding how we're going to interact with the world when in that living from that very kind of sub- subconscious state as a, as a child. So if we can get our clients back into that kind of child mode, mm-hmm. um, that's where the real, you know, real effective change is going to take place, isn't it? When people are, are kind of excited and, and kind of using their imagination yep. and really kind of hooked into what we're doing and what we're talking about, because, you know, that childlike mind is so, is so fascinated and engaged in what we're talking about. And, yeah, and that's that where, fascinated you fascinated know, piece thing. Yeah. You. That was really the word that I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I love it when my clients are fascinated. They're yeah. just like, wow, what's going on? You yeah. Made, how did my finger move? I didn't move mm. my finger. No, mm. you didn't. Well, it moved. So something's got to have moved it. Right. And you know, yeah. they're, they're, that's just amazing to them that that can happen. Yeah. Um, but then when we explain it to them in, in, in ways that it's like, well, but recognize you do this all the time. The moment you're, you know, especially your mom and my mom and dad, you know, in the seventies, I, well, I'm older than you are, but you know, in the seventies and the late sixties and whatnot, when parents slammed on the brakes of the car, they didn't have car seats a lot back then. And, mm. and nor were car, you know, uh, belt buckles, um, or car buckles, you know, uh, a law. Um, and so it said as what hand hands went flying out when parents had yeah. to slam on brakes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they didn't consciously think throw my yeah. hand out to save my child. It's yeah. just what happened. That's subconscious dominance. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like when um, you're going to fall and you imagine you automatically break the fall with your right. hands, you know, that, that's, that's you're not, do, you're not dominance. thinking about that. There's no yeah. time to think about that. You, it's just your subconscious stupid, going, I need to save my face. Right. <laughs> or when you're yeah. too stupid to walk down the sidewalk, paying attention where you're going and instead you're texting or doing something on your goddamn phone and, and, and you almost walk in front of a bus and your subconscious goes, wait, wait the hell back up, back on the sidewalk. Right. <laughs> you don't think, Oh my God, which way do I jump? You just get back onto the sidewalk. It just happens. Um, 
and so yeah that's subconscious dominance at its best <laughs> yeah no yeah exactly exactly anyway I think that's a great way to wrap things up today. And I am super excited to have been talking about this. And uh, we will get the guests we were originally supposed to have on back on. And um, yeah, there was a technical difficulty on my end. And that's But we've got some awesome guests lined up. We, and we have got amazing Dan people Candel coming lined on. up. We've got Ken Guzzo lined up. We have got Martin Castor Preston lined up. We have got, oh my gosh, so many people from everywhere. Karen Han Harper, it's amazing. I so think we're exciting. finally getting finally getting um Mr. Box on next oh, week. Yes. And um we've got the awesome and lovely Sarah Picaro coming yep. on in a couple of weeks. So yeah, we've got some amazing guests lined up. We're really excited about it. And um yeah, watch this space. It's going to be great. Come back and join us. Yes, please. Everybody have a fantastic week until next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Hypnotic Healers podcast. Don't forget to leave us a review and follow us on Facebook. You can also join our mailing list at hypnotichealers.com.